Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Max Potential Habits. I am super psyched today. It, this is always fun. So, you know, for those of you who are in my office with me for pre-show, obviously, we had a little bit of a fumbly start where my camera wasn't working. And when we got on, I said, you know, I'm not even really sure how we ran into each other. And who are you, by the way? <laughs> and I, I vet people and I usually find them and, and they are incredible, but I couldn't seem to find his information. And we had a mix up with show notes. So he sent me a, a one sheet and we're in for quite a treat because Sean Castrina is a serial entrepreneur. He's started more than 20 companies over the last 20 years. He's written multiple books, uh, the Unbreak Eight Unbreakable Rules for Business Startup Success, The Greatest Entrepreneur in the World, World's Greatest Business Plan. He has spoken on stage with Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, John Gordon, Marshall Goldsmith. I mean, this guy is a powerhouse. So we're going to have a really incredible conversation. So we're psyched that you are all here and welcome to the show today, Sean. It's great to be on the podcast. Yeah. So, ooh, so many juicy nuggets we're going to get from you. Um, I would love to start. What, what would you say is a quote that has changed your life or something you live by? One of your favorite quotes. Yeah, I mean, I, I say this a lot. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Einstein. Yeah, that is yeah. a good one. <laughs> I, I see people do it all the time. You know, they, yeah. you know, the, they don't change either, you know, a habit, a behavior or, or something. And then they wonder why, you know, they're, they're still broke. They're still unhappy. They're still, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I love that one too. Um, what I'd love to hear, what are some of the things that you were doing over and over that felt insane that you had to shift and do something new? You know, I mean, I think the, the key thing is, is that you, you know, you get stuck in life. You just do, you get repetitive. I find it either in exercise, you know, I'll, I'll get a routine that I really, really like and I stop seeing results. You got to change it. Yeah. Or, and that's just that way, you know, I'll, I'll find myself reading the same type of books. Yeah. I'm like, okay, wait, I got to expand a little bit out, uh, out of that. And, 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 you know, you can even find it with politics where you, you get used to hearing a certain, somebody talks the way you talk, they see things the way you see it. And then I, sometimes I like to go completely to the, and my wife will go like, why are you listening to that? I said, because I want to hear the opposite. Yeah. You know, cause I'm like, you know, these are still smart people. We may completely disagree and that's fine, but, but I like to hear it. I like to kind of hear through both you know how yeah. people believe what they believe because there's always a reason. It's typically a good reason. So I'm, you know, so as I get older, I, I try to be a little more open-minded. <laughs> Age and wisdom tend to go together. Not always, but sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like that. Um, it's funny because I, I, uh, I release a quote of the week every week. And yesterday was Brene Brown's and it was people are hard to hate close up, move in. And it's along those lines, that sentiment of, you know, let's actually just get to know what other people think and why they think it. And I like that you're talking about expanding your awareness through seeing other people's perspectives. It's not that you necessarily have to agree with them or even change your mind of where your stance is, but it's, it's opening the conversation. And whenever I do that, I always learn something valuable. Well, what I found is that more so, obviously, the last four years, I think we, we know that, is that I've never seen it just completely opposite sides of everything. You, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm old enough, you know, if you're over 40, I've had presidents that I didn't vote for, but as soon as I got voted in, I'm like, all right, you're my president. 
Yeah. You, you know, I mean, I, I disagree probably on 90% of how you would get something done, but I think the way, but, but I don't think you're not an intelligent person or this is the way you want to do it. And you genuinely believe this is the best thing to do. And we can completely disagree with that, but I, but I fundamentally have the position. All right. Pretty sharp person. There's only been 45 of them. You know what I mean? It's a pretty yeah. hard office to get, you know, yeah. a, lot, a lot of good people yeah. haven't quite made it there yet. Yeah. You can't so, be a complete, uh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. just find lots it to be, of, yeah, I know. Conversations that, you know there. But <laughs> my point is I, I really find people that when they say they just so incredibly just visceral. Yeah. And I'm just like, what, you know, I'm like, I, again, like, like Bernie Sanders, I don't agree with Bernie Sanders as for an example, but I absolutely think he'd be an incredible dinner guest. Oh, yeah. And I absolutely believe he is passionate and believes everything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And believes it's the best way of doing it. I, I completely disagree with all of it, but I don't I don't doubt he's authentic about it. I don't yeah. doubt it's sub. In other words, I don't we can disagree. But I, if you're genuinely passionate about something and you have a reason for it, no, I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, me, me too. I mean, to me, it's all human behavior and understanding what makes people tick, you know, and so I don't I, I really can't think of a person I wouldn't want to sit down to dinner with who has, you know, had a big movement behind them, because clearly they're charismatic, they know how to move people. And it's because, you know, you're talking about the passion within them, you know, people who have that passion are very good at gathering the masses to follow what they're interested in. So to me, that's fascinating. And it is if you look at pretty much everybody who wins an election, there's a few that were kind of bored. Like, I think the Bush Gore was kind of a boring ticket. But if you take that one out, I mean, <laughs> Bill Clinton was a phenomenon. I feel your pain. That was an incredible, yeah. earth. that was a, 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 a monumental shift talking about a branding statement. The fact that I can remember it, you know, 20 yeah. years later when he's sitting in a diner and he, you know, and President Clinton could cry on a dime. You know, I mean, he had that gift, yeah. And, but, but that's what made him extraordinary. And then you look at, you know, President Obama. I mean, they like him or don't like him. And that's a movement. That's a. I mean, he was a a, a transformational talent, yeah, communicator and all that. And then when you look at when you compare whether you like him or you don't like him, Trump is a transformational, absolutely, you know, one in a hundred year type of personality. And, and so the people that win, I'm never really that surprised when yeah. I like, like Ronald Reagan, you know, a politician, when you really go back and John F. Kennedy and so when you really start looking at them, they, they actually stand out. Oh yeah. It, it's funny. My PhD is in sociology and we, in sociology, we call it charismatic leadership. You know, and it's just like really looking into the charisma of the person. It, and I love that we're having this conversation because to me, it's also goes really well with entrepreneurship and branding yourself and Absolutely. being a business success and knowing who you are, knowing what you stand for, knowing who you want to attract, resonating with the people you're talking to. I, what's your take on that? And then, and then I want to hear how you even got into the world that you're in right now, because you're author, speaker, teacher, you know, you do all kinds of anything cool stuff business, but, but, yeah. but if you think about it, I cannot tell you the like Bill Clinton, whatever his tagline was, it was irrelevant because once he made the statement, I feel your pain. That was his statement. Yeah. Okay. But, but if you think about like um, McCain, I could, you know, I could not tell you anything that he stood and, and there's, uh -huh. I, and I'm a Republican. So let me just kind of put that out there, but I have no idea what his tagline was. I have no idea what Romney's was, but, but uh, uh, change and hope, hope, hope and change by Obama. I still remember 
yeah. you know what, 14 years later. So it, I'm not surprised because I'm a branding guy. So yeah. I'm not surprised why he won. Yeah. And then if you go with Hillary stronger together, I still don't know what the heck that means. And then you have make America great again. That didn't, I mean, I, was I surprised when he won, but then when I reverse engineer it? Yeah. Not, yeah. not really. Cause I think, you know, I do believe it's brand branding. It is critical. It's critical. Oh, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> the biggest movements in the world. It's, I mean, it's propaganda, but what's propaganda branding, right? Like yeah. they go hand in hand. And I think it's, I love branding. I think I had no idea when I started a business, how much fun I was going to have with branding and how much a business, how much in your business marketing and branding is important. You know, like you you don't step into a business as a coach thinking about that necessarily, which is why I think a lot of people fail because they're not think they're only thinking, Oh, I got to get good at my coaching skills. But really, if you want to succeed, you've got to become an incredible marketer or or have a great marketing team or something along those lines. I I talk about the, the, the um, entrepreneurs Bermuda triangle and why they fail. And the second pillar of why they fail. First one is they fall so in love with their idea that they never get it. They never put Uh it up against criticism. But the second thing is, is that they have no real plan on how they're going to acquire customers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they just somehow, and branding is it. Like, I could own a toilet cleaning company. It wouldn't bother me. What I love about business is the branding. Yeah. The marketing. I think attracting customers to me is the most fun. I mean, that, that's just, I love it. And that's what I'm really good at. And that's why my businesses have done well. But the individual business per se, I just want one that's, you know, that there's a demand for it. I, I'm really not partial to any industry or, yeah. Whatever that case may be. Well, that would make sense as a serial entrepreneur who started over 20 companies. <laughs> yeah, Give us doesn't... some background. What are some of the, you know, list a few of the companies that you yeah. started? Well, you know, the first company I did, and they're funny, mine are not sexy, but they make money. I, I'd lost my dream job as one class away from a master's degree, had a baby, married, new house, lost my dream job. So I went and sold insurance for a year and I started like an auto, de- this is 25 years ago, started an auto detailing company because we had meetings on Monday and there was lots of really nice cars there. And I thought, wow, it'd be great if somebody actually came to the parking lot and cleaned the cars. Very simple. I, I've never cleaned a car in my life, just so you know. So this is not like anything I'm really excited about, but I knew it would make money. Mm-hmm. I made $35,000 that one year passive. And that was, and that business is still around. They actually, I sold it about 20 years ago and they actually cleaned two of my cars two weeks ago. I took a photo <laughs> of it that I'll put on, you know, that I'll use as a face, you know, as an Instagram post. That's cool. But, but my point is, is that that broke, you know, gave me the, the paradigm like, okay, wait, the business doesn't need to be sexy. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be, a, there needs to be a demand for it. And once I figured that out, you know, $35,000 of passive money will pay for a wedding, college tuition pay down a house really early. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's a fairly large sum of money that's just extra. Yeah. So at, you know, at 25, I figured it out. I mean, I, I, I knew how to move the, the pieces around the board and I've basically have rinsed and repeated for the yeah. last 25 years using that as kind of the formula. I don't insert myself heavily in any of the businesses per se. I, I, I handle the marketing. I recruit the right people, get everybody, you know, systems, but yeah. the actual businesses, I don't, I don't labor in any of them. Very interesting. So you're good at spotting the gap in, in what's needed in 
and yeah. then you fill it and create a yeah. team. It's funny. I had, <laughs> I love this. I had dinner with my, I'm, I'm divorced, but my, we have family dinner every week with yeah. my ex-husband and, and last night was just my son. And we were having an entrepreneurship conversation. We're like, let's turn these dinners into entrepreneurship conversations because he he's hating school. You know, it's online. He's super social. Oh. He's not enjoying it. And so we started going, let's just like brainstorm all the fun businesses you could start. And he's, he, I was like, oh, good. He's on the right track because he has exactly that thought. He's like, well, I just need to find, you know, a place where nobody's filling the gap. And he's, I was like, yes, I've, I've raised my, you right. <laughs> my son had the same exact problem just for what it's worth. Yeah. Uh, as a high school, you know, he just graduated, but re real good athlete, but he was definitely bored to death with it. So I went to his guidance counselor before his senior year and I said, how many classes does my son need to walk? Yeah. Oh, his honors program. Could this, I, no, stop. You're misreading. Now I have a daughter who's a school teacher. Okay. And I went to grad school. My wife's a nurse. So I'm fine with education, but it didn't fit yeah. my son. Yeah. So it's a super bright, but he was bored to death. I'm like, no, you got how many? She said two classes. I said, well, great. You're probably going to see my son at like two in the afternoon. Well, he had to get there at 12 to play sports. But my <laughs> point is I gave him an internship with one of my companies. Nice. And now he started a company that's actually doing incredible. You can actually look it up. It's called Podcast Squad because I was launching my book and I, I paid some company to get me on podcasts. This was like a while ago. It yeah. took them like eight months to get me on 20 podcasts. So I said to my son who got me on your podcast, I said, um, Colin, just curious, how many can you try to do it for one month? Yeah. I just see, did a beta See test. what you can come you, up with. Just what you did. Yeah. Got me on 23 in right. one month, two in the top 200, one in the top 10. Nice. He didn't know what he didn't know. Yeah, of course. But when he did it, I said, stop, wait. I walked it. I said, wait, it's a company. <laughs> you know, I mean, I reverse engineered. So I said, I walked in the studio one day because I have a studio and he and his friend were there and they had computer glasses on. They were in black t-shirts. So I was like men in black. I was like podcast squad. It just totally hit me. So if you go great. look at the company and the logo and it's, it's incredible and they're rocking it. They're working with influencers and all that. But my point is that there's so many ways to make money. And yeah. when you get like your son, if it's, you got to feed that, like, like my son was totally shut down and he's a good, great kid. He just was like, so bored. bored. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, he's too funny. One day at the dinner table, he goes, okay, I know Hitler was bad. I know a lot of people died during the Spanish war. You know, his whole point was, is that like, I know, like, I know why, things. Am I, yeah. why am I doing this again? Yeah. I, I, I don't want to read Shakespeare. Yeah. I have the general understanding of history. Five right. plus five is 10. And honestly, on my phone, he, he joked into Alexa, Alexa, what's 45. So in like two <laughs> seconds, he had the answer to almost any question he wanted. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I, you know, I know we're, 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 we'll go into business in a second, but yeah. it's, to me, it's fascinating because you, there is any information you want at all points in time available to you now. So uh, to me, I think there needs to be a complete revamping of the school system because no one needs to sit there and learn things that they don't care about. If we really just inspired kids to learn what they really want to learn, we'd have some incredible entrepreneurs, thought leaders, you know, just people that can massively change the world because they're not bored out of their mind. And, you the know, model, I look at the model is, is when, when I'm, when I'm away from a telephone pole, I could give a crap what angle it's at. Right. Totally. If Johnny takes this bus at this speed and Susie takes the bus at this speed and who gets there first. I mean, yeah. Who it cares? It, yeah. No, it's, it's, some of it's, it's funny. Getting, it's yeah. getting ridiculous. It is. We were, as we were having this talk last night and, you know, I said, it's it kind of, you know, sometimes it's too bad that you're so smart because, 
you, you get, he gets really bored and he just goes, I, why am I learning this? I'm never going to use this. That was I don't what my son this. always said that, that statement <laughs> yeah. you just said, yeah. I, and that's what he could not accept. Yeah. Why am I learning something that I know I'm never going to yeah. use? It was my daughter, my daughter, my oldest daughter is in school and she's, you know, she's a lot like me. I have my PhD, right? Like I love school. I just loved it. And she loves it. She, you know, she's in her senior year in school in college. My middle daughter came home crying every day. I hate school. I'm never going to use this. She's an artist, just like really driven in different ways. So I said, you know, you want to get your GED, go for it. So she dropped out, got her GED. And now my son, I'm like, I'll be very interested to see what path he takes just because you know they've been raised by two people who definitely think differently like my ex-husband yeah. does too and so it's just you know we go like fuel your fire what that inspires you for life so you get up in the morning and you want it just like get on it and do the things you love you know not go to school and then have to take medication to make yourself sit in a desk all day and be miserable. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I want my kids to do something that can support them and that they love doing how yeah. they achieve that in any way. I am open to yeah. that, but that that's really what it boils down to is they need to do something they enjoy doing that can pay their bills. Cause Absolutely. I don't want to keep paying them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so juicy. I love it. Okay. Share with us. You have so many great books. So let, tell us the eight unbreakable rules for business startup success. So this podcast is directed toward a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah. I, I would say it's always directed toward entrepreneurs. I'm sure yeah. there's some people who aren't, but might be interested and a lot of startups pre six figure uh, beyond. Uh, so share some of your tips of, and wealth because you have a lot of yeah. it. First thing, like in regarding, you know, my unbreakable rules is first thing is you need to know why you want to be an entrepreneur in the first place. And that's a very mm -hmm. simple thing, but your why will motivate you. Example, my daughter's a school teacher. She has zero interest in anything entrepreneurship. Okay. So why, why would she, there's no reason for her. There's nothing wrong with being an employee. I mean, right. I think as an entrepreneur, you kind of really got to love flexibility of schedule. You really got to probably be financially driven. Okay. You got to have kind of an independent, be very competitive. I mean, there's certain characteristics that you're probably more inclined to have Yeah. as an entrepreneur. I would bet on a person over an idea any day of the week. Ideas are a dime a dozen. Okay. I get a DM every day about some great idea. I go, it means nothing to me. Show yeah. me the person who has the idea. And then we'll start maybe putting the two together and seeing if I, and that's the same thing with Shark Tank. They get the idea and then they start beating down on the person who has it because they want to vet the person. Yeah. And you lead, you know, can get this idea to the goal line. So I think the first unbreakable rule is you need to decide why you be, want to be an entrepreneur in the first place. And then you need to develop the skills because they can all be learned, you know, or developed that an entrepreneur has. I mean, they're very competitive, highly driven, uh, workaholics to get it there you know, risk takers, but not stupid risk takers. They want to calculate a risk, typically have the ability to communicate well, get people on their team, get people excited. I mean, as a general rule, these are typical, you know, in other words, my point, if you're going to be like super quiet, not competitive, not very social, I don't know how you're going to build a successful company. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll, I, I it'll it feel like an uphill battle the whole time. Exactly. So I, I, yeah. I think there's certain characteristics statistically that entrepreneurs have. So that was kind of my first rule. Okay. And then the second one, I think passion is a uh, is an entrepreneur's mistress, and and the, let me share that with you because I'm passionate about branding. I love it, but the actual business or industry I'm in doesn't really move the needle for me. I just want it to be a good, profitable idea, 
The point is I love golf. It doesn't mean I start a driving range. Your idea first and foremost has to pass the law, the law of profit. Is it a profitable idea? I don't care that you love running. I, it doesn't mean you start a running shop. Every passion is not necessarily a good business idea. Okay. And that's the most important thing. Your idea first and foremost needs to be a profitable idea. There needs to be a marketplace wanting it and willing to pay for it until, yeah. in, until you vet that part of it, you, you know, you, you may have a bad idea and that, that's an unbreakable rule. Yeah. You know, it ties back to that thing you were saying in the beginning where, you know, it's like, if you have that great idea, but then no one else cares about it, like it's never going to get off the ground. And so you might be thinking like, this is a great idea in my mind. I'm super passionate about it, but you've got to vet this. Will you give, before you go to number three, will you yeah. give listeners a little bit of an idea of how to vet it? Yeah. I mean, the general idea on vetting an idea, typically ideas fall into these categories as a rule for a business. Number one is they solve a problem. They just do. So if you look at like, if you listen to the radio, you can, the guy who gets on there about uh, getting you out of a timeshare. Okay. Or you have tax problems. You have over 10,000 in tax. These are, you have problems sleeping. Okay. Low energy, five hour energy. Typically Tommy John underwear, third love. You can go all the way down. Typically somebody experienced a problem that they felt like other people probably had. And that, you know, and they probably tested that I, I would beta test it. And then they solved it and it became a business. My, all my businesses were kind of based on that. Yeah. Okay. So they solve a problem. They meet a need groceries. It meets a need an automobile. It meets a need. Uh, you know, you need to get your tires rotated. It meets a need. There's needs that they're just very general. It could be hanging Christmas lights on your house. It could be getting your gutters clean. It'd be getting your lawn mode. It doesn't have to be sexy. Yeah. Adult care, you know, I have older parents right now paying people to stop by and make sure they're okay and whatever, take them to medical point. What you can go on and on. It's so simple. It just meets a need. Tutoring. You can go on and on and on. The next level is it typically satisfies a desire. It's the next level. Example, you have a car and then you have a Mercedes. Mercedes, typically a person who buys a Mercedes, it's status, it's image, and they want something that's great. There's a difference between a Timex and a Rolex. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between a certain vacation and a sandals vacation. Mm -hmm. So you, you have that. There's different tiers. Again, you have wants, need, you know, and then you have, you know, you have your needs and then you have your wants. And then finally, if you can entertain, get eyeballs on you, get listeners, you can have a business. You monetize it. The Kardashians all the way down through YouTube <laughs> people and all that. So typically your businesses real quickly fall into those four boxes I, I have found awesome good great thank you i love actionable and useful tips yeah. for listeners okay awesome okay number three you need to plan for success you need to do a business plan it doesn't have to be huge i made my son do one and that's why i wrote my book the world's greatest business plan because behind me i have like 10 books that's the first page of amazon all their books on business plans is right behind me the one was worse than the next they were like dissertations they asked questions that had nothing to do with the startup. Just didn't make any sense to me. So, but you got to have some general plan. And, and the illustration I use is this. If I gave you $300,000 and I said, hey, go build a house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you money to go, you know, to have a house, build a house. You would not run off to Lowe's or Home Depot, Depot and start buying wood. 
<laughs> you, you wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you just would never, if I even said to you, here's $5,000, I'm going to pay for you to go on vacation. You probably wouldn't get in your car right away and go on it. You would go, do I want a winter? Or do I want a summer vacation? Do we want to go to Disney world? Do we want to go out West? Whatever. Do we want to go overseas? We want to see another. My point is put as much time as you would into a vacation into planning your, va your business. I mean, you yeah. got to do some planning. <laughs> So it's just amazing how people just don't think they need to do any level of planning. They don't know who their competition is. They haven't, they have no idea how they're going to do pricing. They have no marketing message. They don't know what their brand position is going to be. They have no idea what their unique selling prop is. Why is somebody going to buy from you? USP, make it simple for you. What is unique about your product and or service that's going to make people buy from you? What are your margins? Who do you need on your team? I mean, I'm just throwing things off, but you can see where these are probably things you need to have. Do you need a license to offer that? Yeah. You know, do you need a local business license? Is there state DP, you know, Department of Regulation licensing? A variety of things. What insurances do you need? Yeah, Got it. I, I have a question for you. I love this yeah. because it, that's so powerful. And, you know, I work with a lot of people at the beginning phases of businesses. And so they get stuck in these places of perfectionism and analysis paralysis. So I know sometimes a business plan, they can spend weeks on the business plan and not days. get into my, action. My book, is, my book makes you do it over 30 days. Okay. It should I was not, take, ask you, should not take you more than 30 days. Okay, great. That's 30 what I days to know. is absolutely it. And there is no perfect. Okay. There is never a perfect business. There's always going to be an oh shh moment, something you never saw coming. Just plan on it. So, <laughs> so, so you got to have a plan. Plan for success. Number four is you got to protect yourself and your business. And this is just due diligence. You know, are you incorporated? Obviously, that protects you against being sued personally. Do you have a bit? I mean, do you have a partnership agreement? I mean, listen. I have seven business partners. Love partnership. It's how I've made my money. It is my superpower. So one thing that I think I do at a world-class level, but I got partnership agreements in, in, in that so that if I don't buy anybody out in the first five years, you split in the first five years, you're not getting a dime. You can't sell your shares. You can't, it relinquishes back to the company. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your responsibilities? If you don't perform your responsibilities and I have to pay somebody to do it, it comes out of your profit. I'm just showing you an idea on why you need, you know, obviously. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's funny when people get into businesses, they always think the best is going to happen, of course, yeah. but yeah. stuff happens. So it's smart to have agreements up. Worst case scenario, you have it yeah. sitting in a shelf and you never use it. But, yeah. you know, I think you need to protect your businesses. You need to know what kind of insurances that you may need. Like, again, you just want to protect yourself. That, that's all I go into every, I'm, there's not a more optimistic person on the planet than I am but I, I do my due diligence. Do you have intellectual property? I mean, are, mm -hmm. do you need to trademark something? Do you have a patent? Is, is there some copyright information you need? So that's number four. Number five, build a successful team. Your company will mm -hmm. only be as good as the people you put around you. I'm telling you, you pay peanuts, you get monkeys and elephants and neither one of them are very helpful in the business. Mm -hmm. You got, when you, the biggest advice, I, one of the biggest pieces of advice I tell a person when they're doing a startup is, Hire that one person that can move the needle further than anybody. Don't try to hire cheap. Hire that one MVP. Partner with that one MVP. There's one person that in your situation can move the ball so much further than you can take the ball down the court so much faster. You got to make that critical hire. Building the successful team, getting the right people on your team is will do more for your company than any single thing. And maybe nothing will stagnate your growth worse than a bad team.
Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, number five is that. Uh, number six is marketing is not optional. You, you better know how you're going to attract and sell customers. I mean, routinely sustain, um, picture a conveyor belt. I want to know how they're going to get on here, get to the end. They're going to, you're going to attract them. You're going to sell them. They're going to come back around. They're going to tell others. I mean, I want to see a loop. That's marketing. And I don't want any gaps in it. You know, there's no such thing as a word of mouth business. Okay. Costco does a pretty good job with PR. They just do it in reverse. Okay. They just, they, they do a good job of telling you that they don't advertise, which is called PR. Okay. It's just another form of it. Yeah. So, you know, you got to have a marketing plan. You got to put money into a tr- a, a acquiring customers. It's just amazing how people think they're going to do it all on social media. Yeah. You, you know, okay. I, I have a halfway decent following. I don't have a big enough following to draw a business off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's well, a yeah. very few people that can, there are a few, they have massive followings, you know, who have done that, but yeah, I think well, it's a, and it's I think a, you can get to a certain level with your social media. It's funny because yeah. I built my business yeah. word of mouth and social media, but then yeah. now, you know, now I'm going like, okay, I want to scale the seven figures. Absolutely have to market. Like there's no yeah. way I'm going to scale the seven figures without marketing. And that's what you can build a six figure business on word of mouth. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. I don't think you can do the seven figure. It would. I, yeah, I, I don't see a way. I mean, you definitely with that's partnerships what I and, and affiliations and things like that, but that's yeah. a form of marketing even. That's what I would say. So my, my yeah. point is that, yeah, on, on, on energy and talent, you can get to six figures. Yeah. Getting to seven figures, a business that you can sell, business that you can move out of a little bit and other people could take over. You got to build an engine. Yeah. And, and the, what I say to a person is, I don't know if you know, it, but Budweiser sells beer and yet they're going to go in the Super Bowl and they're going to spend about $20 million every year to remind you they sell beer. Yeah. It's a redundant question, obviously. It's rhetorical. But the point is, is that Companies that you know exactly what they do still remind you every single day of what they do. Yeah. Because they want to own that space in your head. Number seven, you need to know your numbers like a savant. Like, I mean, the idea that you meet with your accountant every three months and that person tells you if your company's doing okay, if the profit's okay, that's insanity. I, I get a report at between 4.30 and 4.45 every single day, anywhere I would be in the world of a spreadsheet, all my companies, every key metric, that matters to me. So I can see a problem before it becomes a pattern. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got to know your numbers, you know, you know, your profit margins. What does it take to stay in business today? What does it take per week? What does it take per month? Are your margins shrinking? What's your labor costs? Do you need to make some adjustments? I mean, you just need to know these numbers. How much do you pay to acquire a customer? What does your typical customer spend with you? What's the lifetime value of a customer in your business? Whatever. I, I'm just throwing stuff out. These are very critical things. Yeah, which is all re- it, you're, what's yelling in my mind is tracking, right? Like yeah. if you don't have a tracking system, you don't know any of these I track everything, I yeah. track everything. I, it's then, funny, I just started a marketing campaign and, and we're setting up all the tracking and I'm going, oh cool, this is amazing that you can see all this. Cause when you're doing word of mouth, you can't track that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you'll find that there's things that you thought for sure work, didn't work and they, yeah. that's what I found is that yeah. I found I was wasting a lot of money. Yeah. And then number, number eight, it's just talking, you know, you need to be a learner. You need to get mentored, get coaching, read great books, take courses, whatever the case may be. You start as a business owner with this level of skill, this knowledge, this leadership ability. It's not enough. It's not enough. And I always say failure is best heard through a secondhand story. And it's a heck of a lot cheaper. Get around people that can share with you, you know, mistakes before you make them. Yeah. 
you know? So I just think you got to be a learner, whether you do that through mentoring, through reading books and, and different things, but you, you need to be a learner. So they're, they're my eight unbreakable rules. Very powerful and useful. Thank you. I love these. Will you share your, one of the biggest mistakes you've made for uh, listeners so they don't yeah. need to make it? Hubris. You'll, you'll have a lane that you're really good at. Like I'm really good at service companies. They're very simple in general. You only have to do two things really well. You got to make the phone ring and you got to be able to provide talented person to provide the service. If the margin is good between the two, you make money. Very, very simple for a small brain like me. But- but I thought I could do so much more. <laughs> and then when I steered out of that lane and went into a retail store and then wanted to grow, grow, grow and scale and be in multiple cities, I realized it was, I made so many mistakes. Number one is stay in your lane. I should have stayed in what I'm really good at service companies. Number two is I killed the golden goose. I took money from very profitable things to feed something that ended up not being profitable. And that's just what happens. It's not that because you think it's going to be profitable, then you start getting all these numbers and you're really, it's killing your pre-existing cash flow. Mm -hmm. Stay in your lane. You're going to find something that comes really easy to you in business, or you just find it's very profitable, whatever. It can, when you find it, be so thankful for it. You have found the golden goose. You don't need to find a chicken or a zebra. And now like, I can do service companies in my sleep. I own digital marketing companies. Again, I partner with my son in a podcast company and, and that's profitable. It was profitable from day one. I own eight home service companies that make millions. What I'm telling you is it doesn't matter. A to Z services. I know they're simple. Make the phone ring, create a demand, pay somebody to provide the service. Margin between A and B is good. We got a business. I would I get opportunities all the time now to steer out of that lane. I won't dare do it. Yeah. So I, I think the big mistake is that just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you can do everything good. Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean every business idea you can make a there is no such thing as the Midas touch. If you notice, Warren Buffett does pretty much one thing really well. Bill Gates stayed in one significant lane. You know, the, the great ones really know what they understand and they and they stay in it. Uh, will you talk a little bit about that? Because I think, you know, when people are starting out in businesses, it, it, them finding out which lane to stay in, I think can be hard because of shiny object syndrome and all these things that happen for you. How did you discover that that was your thing? What, what should people get, be or, looking you get for? Six, because you make money in it fast. Okay. Cool. You just do. You have success. I think it's how you find out your giftedness in life generally. Example, I, I remember I gave a speech one time at a, at a sports banquet, like somebody didn't show up and they go, Sean, can you just give it? And I gave it and everybody at the end of it said, man, you're a really good speaker. Well, that planted in my head that communication is probably something I could do fairly yeah. well. Yeah. And I think in sports, we've, we have kids, they pick up some sports really easy or none, but then yeah. they pick up a musical instrument and it's like easy. I have learned that most things we, that we're going to be really good at, we typically get a fast start. We get some level of early success. doesn't mean it goes perfect, but we get a little bit of feedback early on that says, okay, I think I might have something here. You know, if I really work in this one lane, I, I think there's something there. I, I don't think you spend five years in the wilderness with no fruit, no nothing. You get little tidbits of things that kind of give you that ray of hope. Yeah. So I, I think you just got to be alert to, are you making money at it? You know, are customers interested in what it is you're selling? Are you getting good feedback? 
I, I think they're just. Would you normal. say joy fits in there? I, I mean, because I always talk about being joy driven, and and your inspired path of stepping into your zone of genius, you're going to feel joy and inspire inspiration to do it. This is what I've found, and I define this a little. Number one is I don't want anybody to to work do something they don't want to do. But you can have passion fulfilled in a lot of different ways. And this is like my son, he just texts me. He's like, Dad, Conor McGregor's fighting at Dallas Stadium in January. Okay. My passion is doing major events with people I love. I can afford to do this in a blink of an eye. Okay. I can afford to fly private. I can buy any ticket in that stadium. So my businesses that are not sexy are going to pay for one of my passions. Yeah. So it's, it's all how you look at things. In other words, passion is a, again, it's a broad, you know, it's yeah. a broad subject. And so you can, you know, you, I don't think 24 hours, seven days a week, everything we do is just ha 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 ha. I mean, you know, there, there, there's still some challenges and there's still a little bit of manure in every, you know, and, and to grow a nice set of grass, you got to throw some fertilizer out there. So my point is, is that when you start off early on, it gets tougher. But I, as you get into the business longer, like I am, I do 80% of what I do, I absolutely love doing it. It's in my genius. But guess what? I still got to flush the toilet. And if I still walk <laughs> into a bathroom and something's not clean, I still pick up and clean up around it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think sometimes we just get in a state of glee that we're all going to walk around in a state of glee. And I, yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. I haven't found that. Yeah. 80, well, 20. and I, I like what 80, you're saying. It's, yeah. it's, 80, per, it's perception, right? You know, it's like yeah. you go, oh, okay, well, I'm building this business that's not all that sexy, but the results are super sexy. And that now I get to go to watch this fight with my son who and absolutely I absolutely love spending I can, time with. Right. And I give away tons of money. I get to feed people in different countries. I get to educate people in different yeah. countries. I get to provide medical. I get to form teams. I work with people I love. Yeah. So I, I work with people I really, really like. I when I go to the office, I only do stuff that I'm really gifted at. My point is, is that it's not so much that it's a sexy company, but it makes, it's very, very profitable. Yeah. What I would tell you is this, is that I don't care how happy and joyful you are. And if you're working for a company that's not making money, it will, it will steal every ounce of joy you once had. That's true. <laughs> that's all I'm yeah. telling you. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Okay. Oh, this has been so fruitful. And, and I, and thank you for all the tips. I mean, I think it's so awesome for people to get to see someone. I don't know your background where, like where you came from and how you started in entrepreneurship. So will you just give a quick, yeah, again, I, I lost my, I lost my dream job. I had everything. I was one class away from masters. I was going to do the corporate perfect, you know, high level uh -huh. executive, good education, all that lost my dream job. And then at like 25, I was like, there's very little job security. Okay. Was my whole paradigm changed. And so I went and did insurance for a year okay. while I was going to brainstorm. And I started that detailing company, not even realizing that would end up being my test tube. Okay. That was cool. kind of my test. And then it and just went, stuck. It was like, exactly, oh, I'm good at this. I knew then. I knew yeah. then. I Service companies, I saw it. Make okay. the phone ring, hire a person for this, margin between eight and B. I've rinsed and repeated for 25 years. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you know, for listeners, I, I, this is so valuable because I think that we have a lot of misperceptions or, or kind of, you know, even you started about talking about you got to decide why you want to be an entrepreneur and that entrepreneurship isn't for everyone because I think some people feel that they go, oh, I don't have job security. I'm not sure what to do. And they jump into entrepreneurship and, and the entrepreneur mindset in my mind is, you know, is not for everybody. Like it's 
high stress, high drive, high achiever, you know, willing to take risks, like the things you said, right? Like you've got to, you, you got to get clear. You got to be able to delegate. You got to let go of control, but then you've got to simultaneously ride the waves of the ups and downs. And it's, you know, it's like, I, I love it. I, I was having a talk with my ex-husband like last that... night and he's, he has a job, yeah, right? Yeah. And I have, I'm doing my yeah. business and, and he was talking about all the things I've done to get there. And he's like, well, my job is incredible. I get a paycheck every week. I'm like, yeah, of course. Sometimes I'm like, that would be awesome. Cause I'm only, you know, I'm a year yeah, and a half yeah, into my yeah. business and I'm like, sure. There's moments where I think that'd be awesome, but I am not employable. I can't have someone telling me what to do all day, every day. And I, I can't get a 3% pay rate. It, to me, it's almost like communism in, in a fairness. You get a, you think about it. My daughter's a school teacher. She gets a set raise indefinitely. Yeah. Okay. In other words, it's set. Now her lifestyle, her and her husband to some degree, it's set. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad, but it's locked. Yeah. And that, but, and that works for them. It, it, exactly. They yeah. love it. Yeah. Security. She's a teacher. He's that works. I like the fact that I, you know, when I go look at a car and I go, you know what? I could probably afford that if I expand my company yeah. or I could take a vacation that's just totally audacious or I can do things. You know, I don't, yeah. I like, I live in like a no, you know, within reason, a no limit world. I just got to expand a business, get a new business idea. And, and this is where it wraps up. I remember in 2008 when everything was fall, you know, the world was kind of crashing. I remember saying to my family, Hey, we might cut back on our house cleaner or whatever and make some normal cutbacks. And I, I never forget what my daughter said to me, she goes, dad, you just need another one of your great ideas. <laughs> so, so she cool. <laughs> understood the value because yeah. she had seen me come up with ideas and turn them into businesses. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, dad, you just need another yeah, one. Yeah, you'll right. figure it out, dad. No yeah, worries. exactly. Yeah. And that you have that. Entrepreneurs yeah. just kind of have that. It is really cool. I think, you know, I talk about manifestation a lot on here and I go like, when I want something new that I just go, oh, okay, how many new clients do I need to get? Or, you know, what's a new program I need to release to pay for that? You know, like where can I fill the gap with my people? Hey, I, I believe yeah. the same thing. And, yeah. and I, I, you know, I love the fact that I live in a, I, I there's no limits. I, I genuinely believe that. And so I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take my life, but it is, it's for certain people. Again, yeah, my wife's totally. a nurse. She'd never do it. My daughter's a school teacher would never fit. Yeah. My son's an entrepreneur. <laughs> it works great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. Share with listeners, your top three max potential habits that you believe got you where you are today. Okay. First thing is goal setting. I mean, simply put, if you don't set targets and hold yourself accountable to achieve them with the strategy to achieve them, I notice I've added a few little caveats there, but I'm a former athlete and you set goals, it, very ambitious goals. And then with that goal, you, you put together a strategy on how you're going to achieve it. And then you hold yourself accountable for achieving it. So goals, uh, you know, that that's just critical. Um, second, habit is reading <laughs> it's just i don't know what it, you know it ain't sexy but you can see i got a, like a library behind me i just added three more bookshelves um or listening to books or my gosh you can get so much information you can youtube a talk every single morning for, for crying out loud yeah just get something new in your brain it primes great ideas so I, i'm just a fanatic about you know reading i think is just just absolutely you know critical that whole learning thing and then you know, leadership, I, I, you can't lead you. It's hard to grow anything to any significant size without being a personal leader. It just, I haven't figured it out. I've worked with people. And when I, whenever they peak out or they fail, it always ties into their level of leadership. Sixes attract sixes, maybe a seven. Can't build a great company with sevens. 
You just can't. So you have to, you got to up your leadership game. You got to grow that. You got to, you know, you got to be a, you got to add a little something to your, to who you are. You know, you need to be a better communicator. You need to be more assertive. You need to, whatever it is, you got to, you got to have, you got to be a person people are willing to follow or you'll be following somebody else. That's just the two, that's just what happens. Yeah. What would you say are the best ways to develop your leadership skills? Just start volunteer, do something. I don't care if it's a neighborhood watch program. I don't care if it's something at your kid's school, take responsibility for something. I don't care if it's an, a, a can drive. I, I don't care if it's raising your kids in a sports thing, take over the concession stand, take over something where you have to lead people at the smallest level possible. And then just keep expanding that responsibility. Something where you have to recruit and work with other people and there's a clearly defined target, you know, these are really good, you know, we got to do the such and such. Yeah. That's it. Lead. Yeah. So I don't know any other way to lead, but take over a leadership position. Yeah. The practical exercise of it. It's interesting because reading is always my top, you know, I always tell people like the number one max potential habit is learning and, and mastering yourself, which is leadership yeah. in a lot of ways, but it's, we forget sometimes that applicable part where we go, we got to implement the learning that we're doing and leadership development starts with you leading people. At, even at a small scale, like you're saying, like start a food drive, do something really small, be a leader of that group, and then move to the next level of yourself and then just keep expanding that through the practice of it. That's cool. Um, okay. I know people are going to want to read your books and find more information about you. Where are the best places to yeah, find Get you? a free book. You don't even have to buy one. I'm not going to miss any meals. So if you go to seancastrina.com, my eight unbreakable rules is free on that site. So seancastrina.com. And then I host a 10 minute podcast because I, my brain works in 10 minute increments. I get very bored very fast. So I, I host the 10 minute entrepreneur podcast. If you want to know the grant, like when we talk about branding, I will tell you how to brand. I'll tell you the five biggest mistakes of branding. Everything's in a three to five point outline. I'm like, nice. Boom, yep. boom, boom. What's and the podcast called? It's called the 10 minute entrepreneur podcast. Okay. And I interview Great tons of founders of companies, but it's very short to this. It's designed to equip, encourage, and educate entrepreneurs in the shortest amount of time possible. Awesome. So I love it does, it. It's, yeah, it's done really well. It's been in the top 10 of all business podcasts at different periods. So it's done really well. So yeah, so that's me. Wonderful. All right. Everyone listening, those will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. I, I love that I knew nothing about you at all. And then here's this awesome powerhouse in front of me this morning while I get to drink my coffee and learn from you and share with my people. Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate Great. it. No, thank you so much for allowing me to be on the podcast. Yeah. All right, everyone. I hope that you were taking notes because those were some incredible tips and make sure that you go get Sean's book for free, download it, especially if you're in those beginning phases. And thank you all for being here. If you like what you heard, screenshot it, blast it out to your social media channels, hashtag at NFA coaching. And is your, is, is your hashtag at Sean Castrina? Uh, I'm, which for Instagram, it's Sean something Castrina. I know I'm verified. Okay. There you go. That okay. changed my I'm verified. <laughs> so I'm easy you. to find. Yeah, I'm easy to <laughs> okay. find. I got a blue thing right next to my name. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, tag both of us and let us know what you enjoyed. Leave us some comments. And I will be back next week. Until then, I hope you have an incredible Max Potential Week where you thrive and feel alive and find what you love to do in business. Implement that entrepreneurial mindset, take off and, and, and you know use these eight rules and start to think about how you're using them in your business and the places that you need to add or drop. 
and get on it because, you know, obviously to both me and Sean, entrepreneurship is an awesome way to do incredible things in the world, making a huge impact and income and enjoying your life. So see you next time, NFA High Fives. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Max Potential Habits Podcast. If you're liking what you've heard, it would be so incredibly awesome if you would subscribe to the channel and leave a five-star rating and a written review. This helps me help more people while we grow our NFA community so we can rock it out together. For Max Potential Habits resources, go to nfacoaching.com where you can access all of my resources. There's free eBooks, PDF checklists, a journal template, a business mindset meditation kit, and so much more. Plus links to NFA coaching on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you're super serious about up-leveling, there's also a link to schedule a free consult to work with me in group or one-on-one coaching. Until next time, I hope you have a Max Potential Habits Day where you get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered version of yourself so you can lead a rich, thriving, kick-ass life and business.